ask a bunch of questions because if they are not going to be willing to answer those questions before you invest with them, that kind of leads to that thought, well, they may not be um, very interested in, in, in answering questions, especially if things don't go exactly how they plan. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, the number one show about growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny. Our guest today is Jens Nielsen. How are you doing today, Jens? I'm doing well, Mark. I'm excited about our interview today. Awesome. Me too. Jens is a principal at Open Doors Capital. He has raised over $2 million for a total of 775 units. Jens has also invested passively in over 800 apartment units, 2,000 mobile home lots, 6,000 storage units, as well as mortgage note funds and private money lending. Jens, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Could you walk the listener through a little bit about your background and how you got started in real estate? Absolutely. So uh, people may recognize a little bit of an accent. So I was actually born in Denmark, came to the U.S. in 1996. I've been here, you know, what, 24 some years now. And, uh, you know, followed this traditional path, right? Worked in, uh, got an education, worked in IT. And, you know, I worked out great. But I realized like five years ago that if I ever wanted to get some financial freedom or ever actually retiring, if you will, I had to do something different. And I looked at a lot of different ways of getting a different, uh, getting income. And real estate was just one that kept coming back to me because, you know, if you set up the business correctly, you don't have to be super hands-on. And that was appealing to me. So that's why I chose that. And uh, yeah, I got started about five years ago and, uh, and it's, been, it's been an amazing ride since then for sure. That's awesome. So walk me through kind of how you got into real estate. What was the first deal like? Did you partner with other people or did you just invest on your own? How did you actually get started? Initially, I thought, oh, let me see if single family should be the path, right? And I looked at a couple of places. It's like, oh, man, it'll take forever to get any kind of scale on this with single family. So I quickly uh, I pivoted to, to multifamily and I talked to um, a good friend of mine who lives in the same town here. And he said, I oh, need to go multifamily. Here's just how you figure it out. Here's how you underwrite a deal and stuff. So I did that. But I also, I didn't really feel comfortable going out there and trying to raise money or, or anything else before I had really started studying it a lot. So I was like, let me just buy a fourplex and see how that goes. So me and my wife, we bought two fourplexes and an 11 unit in Albuquerque, New Mexico, like in the first six months of investing, actually. We had some pull some money out of the stock market and put it into real estate. And that was kind of just a, that was the start, right? Just let's do it ourselves, see how that goes. And um, before we want to start working with other people and pulling other people's money into any of our deals. Mm -hmm. And how did you go about finding those deals? Just through a broker, basically uh, connected, got connected with a broker and he likes to work with uh, new investors and, you know, looked at some deals and found something that, that, that made sense. And um, that's basically just how we got started. Nice. That's awesome. And then, so you had, you bought two fourplexes, an 11 unit. How did you kind of transition into the larger projects? I, I, I think that you've done joint ventures and syndications in the past. How did you kind of scale after you felt comfortable with those smaller properties? Yeah, you know, after, after the 11 unit, I was like, I really got more excited about it. And I saw kind of the, the benefit of scaling and how a larger deal can 
it's one deal, but you get more units and you can scale and you can get better income and, and everything else. So I uh, actually, I partnered with, well, I was talking to my, my broker as we were looking at deals. I said, hey, I knew he, he does a lot of investing himself and he had often mentioned doing it with a few partners. So I said, if I ever find a deal that makes sense, would you want to partner with me? And he said, yeah, absolutely, you know. He's an older gentleman and kind of busy, so I I actually did a little bit of the, the groundwork there and found this deal on um, on LoopNet and we bought uh, sorry we we underwrote this thirty eight unit deal on LoopNet and it just seemed to work out. It was a, kind of a rundown, a little bit of a rundown property. We were able to get it at a good price, and uh, I talked to a couple of my uh, friends and said, "Hey, do you guys want to partner on this one?" They were interested, and my broker friend also had another partner that he wanted to bring in. So, you know, it was five of us, six of us that, that came together and, and bought this deal. And that was kind of the first time I, I brought other people's money into to a property. And that was an interesting experience for sure. Awesome. Could you walk me through how you connected with your partners and then also kind of what aspect of the business you enjoy the most as a partner? Yeah. So I guess that was a two-part question. You know, I, I, the way I connected with people, I just always talk about real estate, right? You know, I wasn't the NCIT guy. I was the NCT property investor, right? And I would, I would just keep, keep, keep mentioning what I was doing. And, you know, a few people didn't express any interest, but other people were like, oh, this sounds interesting. I've always wanted to do that, but I don't have time. So how can, how can we do this together, right? And that's how the, the initial conversation started. And then, you know, to the second part of your question, what do I enjoy doing? Well, I think initially I was very much like behind the computer screen, you know, underwriting and, and letting other people doing all the out, outreach to people. And I still, I still like the systems. I still like underwriting. I still like creating that, those things that ensure that the property runs smoothly. But since then, I've evolved more as, as become more comfortable being out in front of people and then talking to investors and all that. So it's an ongoing process of developing my skills there. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And then as far as your investment strategy these days, has anything changed there? I know that you're doing different asset classes and, and mobile home lots and things like that. Do you have one thing that you're focused on this year or the next couple of years, or are you kind of continuing to diversify? You know, the other asset classes are really just through my passive investments with my self-directed IRA and solar 401k, right? And I like those asset classes, but especially on the storage, I didn't feel like that was something I wanted to go into actively. I do own a small mobile home park with a partner here in, here in Southwestern Colorado. So I do know a little bit about mobile home parks, but it's small. So it's not really something that, that maybe gives me the experience to run a big park, right? So I felt like, let me, let me put the money into a fund where somebody else is doing it that has the experience and let me just focus on apartments. That's what I've studied. That's what I've invested in over the last, you know, four or five years. So I continue to do that. And it's typically, you know, it's workforce housing, you know, class C, C plus, B minus that we focus on because that's kind of our bread and butter and that value add strategy that I think most investors like, but it works. So that's why we continue to do that. Essentially. Yeah, sure. Could you talk a little bit more about the the passive side of things? I know you've got a lot of experience there. Could you just touch on, you know, why that's attractive to you to invest in other people's deals as a passive investor? And then also, you know, just the benefits of other people investing in your deals, what they can expect as a passive investor. Yeah. So, you know, when I first started learning about syndications, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. 
I didn't feel like I was ready to go out and, and do my own syndication because it seemed overwhelming and, and a lot of moving parts. But I felt like, okay, I found some people that, that were doing it already. And I was like, hey, let me invest in their deal, see how they run it, see how their communication is. And it's a markets that I didn't have any like boots on the ground. So in, in, in Dallas and places I felt like there was some good opportunities and I wanted to deploy my money. I wanted to get my money out of the stock market. So, you know, I, I, I took my IRA money and set up a self-directed IRA, moved the money over there and then uh, invested in a few deals to see how it, how they were doing it before I was going to go out and try to, try to do it myself. Right. And then uh, as I, you know, I've been syndicating, it's been only about a year and a half now, so it's not a long time, but I felt, so the way I kind of got started was by partnering with other people that had done a couple of deals. So I was able to, to go in there and help them by add some value through the underwriting and bring some capital to the deal and, and uh, due diligence and all that. So that's how I really got started. And, you know, I'm a, I like to be transparent. I like to communicate with my investors. And so basically, you know, any questions they may have, any, anything they want to know throughout the, the deal, that's really where I come in. It's just, hey, let, let me be open about what's going on. You know, especially during this whole COVID crisis, it's been an interesting, interesting time, right? But I also have this thing, somebody once told me that uh, bad news doesn't improve with AIDS, right? So be out front, be transparent, just tell your investors what's going on, you know? And that, that's kind of how I I, I I like to operate as an Yeah. So it sounds like you were partnering with more experienced operators, but now that you have such great experience that you're becoming the sponsor on most of your projects, is that is that right? Or are you still doing a little bit of both? You know, the last few deals has been, we actually, have, I guess I've created more of a partnership with a good friend of mine, and we are, you know, becoming more of actual the, the key principles on that deal, right? That's moving into, you know, he had a partner who was more the the net worth and the and the money partner. So I'm adding, I'm coming in to add more of the real estate experience side of it, underwriting the, the investor communication, all that. So we are kind of changing this the relationship a little bit there. So we are the ones who are actually out there, you know finding the next deal and underwriting it, connecting with brokers and lenders and everything else. So so it is becoming more of a, instead of a co-sponsor, actually a true GP on, on those deals, right? So that's that's the, the way forward. And uh, I like that because we know how we're thinking and we complement each other. I think it's really important when you work in the, in the partnership, don't just find somebody that's exactly like you because you end, you're going to end up having the same blind spot. So challenge each other that way yeah yeah that's great advice have you ever had a mentor along the way either when you were getting started with those four plexes or as you transition into larger syndications did you ever have a coach or a mentor that was um you know helping to guide you to make that transition so initially on the smaller deals my mentor was really it was my my friend here locally and then that that broker i mentioned that i started out by partnering with he uh you know he's I think he's 75 or 76 or something like that, but just really loves the real estate and loves working with new new investors. So I still consider him a mentor because he has a very different view of things. You know, like right now, if you go out, everybody does the same thing, right? They 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 they, they find this deal that they can buy, put some money in, raise the rent and everything else. And that may work most of the time, 
But my buddy, my mentor down in Albuquerque, he's like, he likes to take really old crappy buildings and like fix them up and actually improve the neighborhood and just take, you know, something that, that most people wouldn't touch. And that's his, his approach, which is interesting. And it doesn't always work well, but it's an occasion because it's the returns can be a little bit unpredictable in the, in the sense that, you know, it takes much longer to realize that value add strategy and all that. So it's been, it's been interesting to see it from different angles, I guess. So he was my other kind of mentor and he still is. And we, we, we do some smaller deals now that he worked, that I worked with him on. Then when I started, I realized, okay, if I want to, you know, I need to grow bigger. So I need to, I really need to learn from the, the pros and I need to get myself around some people that are doing this because I live in a small town and most people invest in small deals. Nothing wrong with that, but I felt like I wanted to accelerate my, my growth a little bit. So I did sign up. It was a little over three years ago. I signed up for kind of a coaching mentorship program, you know, that has really, it literally has changed my life because I've gotten around people that are doing things much bigger than I was thinking. I made friends. I have gone to conferences and all that, those things, you know, and, and it's been, it's really been amazing. So it's really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm such a big believer in, in coaching and mentorship myself. And you do that as well now, right? Are you helping coaching people as well now that you have experience with syndications and can help other people? That's right, because I feel like people, and I had the same mindset myself, hey, I want to do it all myself and I want to just go out there and figure it out. And that can be possible, but also I think you're going to end up, the path is going to be much longer. It's going to take much longer than you really want it. So I have started coaching, you know, newer investors, even people that want to go into syndications, you know, because I feel like I have a very logical approach to things. So I can kind of step people through the process. And that's something I'm really passionate about now is just helping, helping people. If it's their first property or their, you know, first large property, whatever it is, right? Just getting some mentorship, getting some coaching, getting some help is going to really help accelerate the people process. And also even on the mindset thing, that's the other thing that I don't think we always talk too much about is that idea. Yeah, we can logically see what we need to do in order to buy this property or do something. But in reality, there's too many, too often do we get hung up in our limiting beliefs around what we can and can't do and just don't take the action that's going to align with your ultimate goals, right? So that's really something I push some, push my students on. Like, okay, you said you want to do all these things. You're not quite taking the right action. Where, what's holding you back and how can we help you get out and get, get further down this path? So that's yeah. Nice. I love that. What are your thoughts? I mean, you've done so many different types of deals and started with fourplexes and it sounds like you did joint ventures and you're familiar with different asset classes. What advice would you give to someone just trying to get started? Does it make sense to start with a smaller deal or can that person go ahead and partner up on a larger syndication for their first deal? You know, you certainly can go and partner up on a syndication, but you need to find out what value can you bring to that team, right? Can you go and bring a bunch of money, you know, do you know 10 doctors that can each bring $100,000 to the deal? Then you can add some value to that. But you really need to know how to underwrite the deals because if you're bringing your investors into something, it is your responsibility that you are bringing them into a deal that makes sense. So I have been on the, I took it slow and started with the smaller, smaller deals and taught me a lot of lessons along the way. It's worked for me, you know, maybe other people 
thinking is a little bit bigger and they want to they want to partner. The other the other way of looking at it, if you get a few people together and do a joint venture and say, hey, we're going to buy a ten or twenty unit and let's three of us partner, I think that's a really good way to do it as well because if you can learn from that, if you can share responsibilities and everybody grow along uh, alongside, that's that's another another approach. So everybody is different and it's what you feel comfortable with and what is your, what are your resources and what is your access to deal flow and money and everything else. It's that time in the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so that others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So Jens, with that said, what's the best real estate deal that you've done? From a, from a return standpoint, the best deal is this small mobile home park that we own here in southwestern Colorado. It's literally, I think it's something like 30 or 40% return on money in that deal. Just, so... Yeah, it's just amazing the, the, how well that's that's operating. And how long have you owned that? So it's been, I think, it's a little over two years now. I think we've almost paid all our capital back that we invested in, so that's that's pretty nice. Very cool. And what would you say is the worst deal that you've done? I think I want to look. I actually want to talk about a passive deal I did, and I think there's a few lessons learned here. I invested passively through my uh, my self-directed IRA. It was actually a second lien on a single-family home, high-end single-family home in California. Somebody's going to buy a house, tear it down, build something very expensive on there. And the returns, you know, it was a debt. It was a debt investment. And the returns looked really good. And I was like, oh, man, this is, this is awesome. A couple of mistakes I made there. Well, it ended up not working out. They went on in foreclosure, and I think I got a little bit of my money back. So, you know, that was a loss there for sure. It wasn't a ton of money, but it was still, you know, not nothing. And a couple of things there is I didn't really know what risk I was exposing myself to there because I was in a second position and, you know, you may not get any money if the deals go sideways. And also I, I got a little bit greedy because the returns looked so good. So I, I was still focusing more on the numbers versus the deal itself. So I didn't really understand it. So I think the key lesson here is, hey, Understand a little bit about what you're investing in. Make sure you understand what you risk you're exposing yourself to. Maybe do do some more due diligence on the um, on the people you're investing in, right? So that was the lessons I learned there for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything that you look at as far as when you're investing with other operators on the passive side? Do you have any sort of criteria, not necessarily for the deal, but for the operator themselves? Yeah. I mean, the I always will do my own investigation. Of the research into it, right? You know, what is their the track record? How many deals have they have they completed? You know, I ask them a bunch of questions too around, you know, how do you communicate with your investors? What do you do if your business plan doesn't work out? You know, uh, can you show me your your communication on your other deals? Like, what does your investor communication look like? What does your financials look like, and all that? So, really, just ask a bunch of questions because if they are not going to be willing to answer those questions before you invest with them, that kind of leads to that thought, well, they may not be um, very interested in, in, in answering questions, especially if things don't go exactly how they plan. Right? So I always want, I mean, and I tell anybody I work with, just communicate with me, even if it's bad news, that's okay, but don't be, be silent about what's going on because then that raises more questions <laughs> than it should. Right? Yeah, that's great advice. Awesome. 
Well, we're getting a little bit short on time here, but I'd love to end with just one final question. What advice would you give to a passive investor in today's market? What should they be looking for in deals today? Yeah, and I assume you mean around the COVID time. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it make sure that the sponsor has done some stress testing on that deal and say, you know, it's not all be blue skies and unicorn going forward. Just think about, okay, can they survive a 20 or 30% vacancy rate and still pay the debt, right? I mean, you know, we've seen great collections during this time, but is that going to continue, right? We don't really know. So make sure that there is a, some buffer, make sure they raise reserves so they can actually continue to pay the debt, although the lenders will require that now anyway. But, you know, just be conservative and see, you know, are they still projecting, you know, 5% rent increase and all that? Are they being ratio optimistic? Or are they being just realistic? And, uh, you know, because the underwriting has to change, right? Unfortunately, I don't think the sellers have quite caught up with the reality, but conservative right now. I mean, we're still looking at deals, but we also want to make sure that they make sense from, a, from an underwriting standpoint, that the investors, you know, I think investors should educate themselves you know, don't just blindly trust what the, uh, the sponsor is putting out there because they're trying to create <laughs> a presentation that is attractive, but be, uh, be, make, do your own due diligence for sure. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Jens, where can people connect with you if, if someone's interested in investing with you or perhaps someone's interested in your coaching program? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, thanks, Mark. appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so as I mentioned, I do some coaching. I love to work with you. Uh, people that want to get into it, real estate investing or grow their business. And people can go to open doors with an S capital.com. And my email is Jens at opendoorscapital.com. And anybody wants to get on a free strategy call, even talking about investing or coaching, that's again open doors with an S capital.com slash call. And they can schedule a free strategy call with me there. And we can talk about investing or coaching anything like that and i'd love to connect with people that'd be awesome that's awesome yeah thank you for sharing that i appreciate it absolutely that's huge all right well thanks again for being here and uh enjoy the rest of your day thanks mark you too hey everybody it's mark allen kenny if you're interested in apartment building investments, schedule a call with me so we can have a chance to chat. My company is focused on growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. So let's hop on a quick call and talk about your investment goals and see if we're a good fit. Find out more at StellarInvestmentGroup.com.